This just in, secret recordings here, exclusive on the main event. Secret recordings from Chelsea Clinton's apartment as Hillary Clinton was carried in there directly from the 9-11 memorial on September 11th of this year. You just get on the front door, make sure nobody comes in. Put that on your head. Uh, go, man. Hey, what time is it? We got 45 minutes, okay? Well, how much grace do you think we got? Grace? Alan Block? We're gonna get some grace? Well, we, we probably got an hour before we really got to get him downstairs. Okay, great. Well, let's just get a wheelchair and wheel his ass into the hearing. Oh, Harley Mays, man. Oh, Harley's got a wheelchair? We got cocaine. What's the deal, buddy? You look like you're hurt for certain. Take one step back, please. CeeLo, I need you outside guarding the door, please. Thank you very much. All right, gentlemen. I need that table cleared, placed in front of Hillary with a chair behind it. Now, please. I need a glass of water. I need a credit card. I need a $100 bill. I, I got a 20. She'll do. Right. Hillary, banana boats are coming. Right. And I need a cocoa puff. A what? Just take the tiniest little bit of tobacco out of the top of the cigarette, please. Damn. Amateur night. We're almost home. Okay, baby. We're going to do... Two small whiffs first, one on each side, mm -hmm. just a little primer, get us started. Okay. Cocoa puff. Uh. Oh boy, head, oh boy, head back. Swallow. Water, water. Now, Chief, you. All right. Little cocoa puff, buddy. Who's a banana man? You. Who's a banana man? All right. Now focus up, big dog. There's a train coming to you. Yeah. Keep it down, big dog. Banana boat's coming. Uh, banana boat. Uh, and banana boat is here. All right. Mm -hmm. Nothing keeps you down, dog. Wow. Nothing keeps that big dog down. I'll take another hit. Thank you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. All right, baby. For those of you that don't know what was going on in that scene that I clipped from the movie Flight, go rent it. Get it on your DVR. Go it on Netflix. Flight with Denzel Washington. Just seems peculiar that uh, that Hillary left 9-11 Memorial, kind of passed out. They carried her into the van, and an hour later, she's coming out like she's a brand new person. I don't know. I don't know, maybe she just had a little Gatorade. She was just dehydrated. She just needed a little Gatorade, and uh, she's all better. I think maybe something else is going on up there that I just speculate a little bit. I could be wrong. It's rare, but it does happen. But anyway, lots of speculation coming up with uh, this uh, the first presidential debate coming up on Monday. Uh, here from the Drudge Report, if presidential hopeful Hillary Clinton slips into a coughing fit or any other medical crisis during Monday night's high-stakes debate, she'll have to power through it. 
The There are no commercial breaks, a commission source explains, period. Debate moderator Lester Holt does not have the authority to cut away from the stage during the epic 90-minute showdown, and microphone audio for either of the candidates is not to be manipulated. Clinton has experienced severe coughing ep- episodes throughout the election year. During a Labor Day campaign stop, she suffered a four-minute, I think it was four minutes and 22 seconds as, as I watched it. It was a long time. She said, <coughs> oh, I get allergic every time I think of Trump. But I think she's uh, suffering from something, that, and she's going to have to be live on stage for 90 minutes. Monday Night's Throwdown could top 100 million viewers, making it the biggest political event in history. Um, the Presidential Debate Commission also settled on early flashpoint when Clinton demanded a step stool at the podium to add height to her 5'4 frame. Campaign chairman John Podesta expressed concern that Hillary would be dwarfed by the 6'2 Trump. The request was quickly rejected. The commission is is allowing for a custom-made podium which will accommodate the difference in stature. I think that just means they're going to lower her podium so it doesn't stand in front of her face like like it would because she's much shorter. And my opinion is that that may be a disadvantage because Trump has to be careful that he doesn't look like he's beating up on her. Oh, there's a man beating up on a woman. I know from the... the, uh, when I had when I did my child custody battle about 28 years ago, that uh, that the I had a lady attorney because it, it was the uh, they called her the the uh, the the bee from Riverside who beats up on beats up on moms. She was a father's rights attorney. So anyway, um, I won't give out her name because I don't know if she's even still doing it. But uh, but I won. But anyway, um, so anyway, we're gonna talk about everything that's coming up in regards to the the debate, Hillary, the and all the stuff that's gone on the past week. But first, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Moreno Valley. Also offices in Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all of Southern California and Arizona at this point. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities in real estate, in case you haven't heard, the interest rates are really, really low. If you haven't refinanced, now's the time. Um, and if you're looking for properties, there's properties out there. If you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you uh, want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone, you can go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on apply now. Give me as much information as you want to give me. Give, let me know how much information you want back. You'll hear back from from myself or one of my teammates, Matt Bradbury, Cody Bradbury, Randy Sampius, Eric Marquez, or Alex Rojas, and we will take care of uh, filling in the pieces, the missing pieces of your financing puzzle. Um, if you hear something you want repeated, you can also go to edhoffman.net and click listen to the main event and hear this show as well as several past shows, or you can get me on podcast at uh, iTunes. Go to iTunes and search Ed Hoffman, search uh, the main event. And uh, you can arrange for it to, uh, you can subscribe for free, have it download to your your phone or your, your iPhone, your Android, your iPod, your iWatch, your iPad, your computer, um, <clears throat> whatever else you can use iTunes on, which is about anything digital. And uh, you can listen to it uh, at your leisure whenever it's convenient for you. Um, I like to listen to, uh, to, you know what, this is the new thing. It's easier to read books 
through your car radio. So I use the iTunes to download books. So instead of uh, reading them really slow, I can listen to them. I don't think I I uh, absorb as much of it, but I get through a lot more books faster. But anyway, I digress. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. And the debate on Monday, I'll be tweeting live. And uh, like the face the, the show on Facebook. Facebook search the main event 590 to find the show page. You can also read my weekly columns in iebusinessdaily.com. And uh, click on the opinion tab to see my full list of, com- uh, full list of columns of opinions. This, is, uh, this week, my opinions about I tell liberals, please just acknowledge terrorism when it happens. Please. Anyway, so let's talk about what's going on in this country. So uh, uh, the polls are closing in before the debate on Monday. Donald Trump is closing in on Hillary Clinton in many national polls. Real clear politics average. Uh, Hillary is is still leading, but only by two points. Uh, But here's some national polling data. Um, Real clear politics has it 45 Clinton to 43, NBC 43 to 41. Um, LA Times has uh, Trump up 45 to 43. Um, there's a whole bunch of them. There's about half of them. Trump is up, but essentially it's, it's a tie. But the, the key is the battleground states, most of the battleground states, that's, uh, Ohio, Florida, uh, North Carolina, um, which other ones, Nevada, there's a handful of them that, um, could go either way. Now the polls there shows, shows, uh, Trump is leading in mo- most all of them by like five points. And, uh, meanwhile, the Clinton campaign... Uh, Meanwhile, sensing a threat, Hillary Clinton's amping up her tone. Wednesday, she basically yelled at her union labor supporters. So she's uh, she's talking to the uh, the union. I forget the name of the organization, but it's a bunch of union labor supporters on a video conference from Florida to Las Vegas. Let's hear a couple pieces of that. I will fight back against so-called right to work. Right to work is wrong for workers and wrong for America. Yeah, I don't know. If for those of you that don't know right to work, right to work means that if there's a job available, you can take it without having to be part of the union. And so you, if you don't agree with what the union does, but you still want a job, you don't have to pay the union dues and you don't have to go along with that. You have the right to work. And the companies and companies don't have to. You know what? Back in the, uh, I don't know, the 40s or the 50s, when labor unions came up, when uh, the, uh, what's the the big labor union? The, uh, the... Teamsters, when the Teamsters came up, if you've seen the movie Hoffa, when the Teamsters and the labor unions started up and the uh, United uh, United Auto Workers and the United all these, you know, every United something workers, um, because employers were taking advantage of, of employees in harsh conditions and all that stuff, and we needed it back then to protect them. But nowadays, it just drives up drives up the price of everything, and hey, you know what? It costs them fifty dollars an hour to hire somebody who they could who who probably gets twenty five dollars an hour. And if you don't have to pay all the extra stuff to the unions and and spend all that money, more people could have jobs, and essentially the workers would make what they're worth and let the free market reign. And that's kind of where uh, capitalism is. Let's play the next piece of that clip. Now, having said all this, why aren't I fifty points ahead? You might ask. Well. The choice for working families has never been clearer. Well, the choice for for uh, some working families realize that based on the right to work, if the with the unions are going on out there, you know what that gives a, a handful of people 
little bit higher wages, a little bit better benefits, but that prohibits about three times that many people from actually getting jobs. And uh, someone someone is uh, sitting up in that high office of the of the unions, and they're they're raking in all the dough, and they're getting all the all the uh, political favors. Uh, let me play the last piece piece of that clip. I need your help to get Donald Trump's record out to everybody. Nobody should be fooled. He proudly declared himself 100% right to work. He even hired a union-busting firm to break up an organizing campaign at his hotel in Las Vegas, where you are right now. And he built up his wealth by stiffing small businesses and contractors. That goes against everything we stand for as a country. My dad was a small business. I'm just businessman. I'm just happy he never did business with Trump. She's a slimy piece of garbage. Okay, number one, isn't she have a pleasant tone? Doesn't that, isn't that, you know, if you've seen the movie Hillary, uh, Hillary's America, there's some scenes in there from her, her rocking through the halls at the, at the uh, White House. Doesn't this kind of represent that kind of attitude that Dinesh D'Souza represents that she has? Um, maybe that's the real Hillary. I don't know. Uh, next, next, uh, you know what? If you realize Scott Walker, the uh, the governor of Wisconsin, actually turned that whole state around by getting rid of uh, collective bargaining rights for the public unions and uh, and busting the unions on, on and basically turned the whole country around. And by hey, you don't you don't have to uh, go through the unions this unions that, and they were able to buy uh, health insurance cheaper, and nobody got laid off, and it turned the whole state budget and all the school districts around in the state of Wisconsin. It was a huge success. Maybe there's some business sense there. If that could work for if that could work for Wisconsin, maybe it could work for the whole country. One of the reasons that I supported Scott Walker as a, as a presidential candidate, obviously, there wasn't enough of us that did. So maybe uh, maybe. Uh, four years or eight years down the road, um, he could be there. But that's what, oh, Trump's been trying to break up the unions. Guess what? Scott Walker did that too and turned the whole state of Wisconsin around. And then the last thing is, oh, he's built a built a business stiffing contractors. If you're in the building business and you stiff subcontractors, realize he doesn't build, he doesn't build buildings. He hires contractors who hire subcontractors. If you stiff a contractor because he, he messed up a job, that's one thing, but if you stiff contractors that actually did what they were supposed to do, and and do you, do you think you're going to get any contractors to come work on your buildings later? I don't know. Use common sense. Don't listen to the, don't listen to this this uh, this BS, this propaganda that Hillary Clinton spews out of her out of her out of her pores. And oh yeah, Clinton uh, stiffs people. He doesn't pay his bills. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. You know, uh, you can uh, you can stay in business for a short period of time if you're taking advantage of people and giving being a bad guy, but uh, you don't last long term. And Trump's been around a long time, very successfully. So just don't buy that BS because Hillary says it. Because pretty much, if Hillary's lips are moving, she's lying. So meanwhile, Hillary's campaign is floating out messaging that the debate moderators might be lowering the bar in terms of questions that they'll ask on the first debate on Monday. Here's Clinton Communications Chief Jennifer Palmieri. 
I understand that the press have a difficulty in dealing with a very unconventional candidate, as I would describe, but um, I think you, you can't just, you can't lower the bar in your questions in terms of uh, how uh, difficult they uh, are, how much how much they expect in terms of the candidate's knowledge, or um, being able to answer questions about their plans, or being able to answer questions about how they would approach different problems. You can't lower the bar because their own experience and their own policies don't meet the bar of hers, and that's what we're concerned about. Yeah, well, let's just inject one little thing here about foreign policy. Well, they want to know, you can't answer questions about your plans. You know, like foreign policy, like getting ISIS. This is one thing I've always thought was stupid, uh, especially in the Obama administration. Why do we broadcast what we're willing to do and what we're not? We're not putting boots on the ground. Not on my watch. No way. Why don't you just tell, why don't you just tell, you don't think ISIS and Al Qaeda, you don't think they have CNN? You don't think they have Fox News? You don't think they have satellite TV? You don't think they have iPhones? I don't know. Every time somebody burps on the on the presidential campaign, I get a I get a text from foxnews.com or Fox News mobile app or CNN's mobile app or somebody's mobile app. I'm getting all this stuff on my emails and it's it's you know, I get about 600 emails a day and about 20 of them are important um, that I need to read. So I I trudge through it. But uh, you know what? You don't think the people over there are hearing it? And that's what uh, that's what Trump says. Hey, I don't want to give out our plans. I don't think we need to give our enemies our plans. Well, we're pulling out on this date. Uh, what do you think the enemy guys in Afghanistan are doing? And uh, Syria and Libya. Let's let's just let's just keep a low profile till Friday because they're pulling out on Friday because Obama told us. And I guess Clinton's going to just follow in those footsteps. So anyway, on Fox's Outnumbered, Kennedy makes the point that NBC debate moderator Lester Holt is being set up by Clinton's campaign because they expect him to do the same thing that Matt Lauer did a few weeks ago and ask Clinton tough questions like uh, she doesn't want to talk about. And so what they're doing is they're setting up Lester Holt to repeat Matt Lauer's performance. And if they had known ahead of time that Matt Lauer was going to be tougher on Hillary Clinton, then she would have liked from NBC News because it really hurt her feelings when he stepped on her pinky toes asking questions about the email server. They're hoping that Lester Holt does the exact same thing. Yeah, I think it's I think I think it's unreasonable that they should ask questions that people actually want to hear a reaction to, you know, like. What is, you know, what is the truth about your emails? You know, you said you just deleted yoga routines. You gave them everything but yoga and wedding plans. Uh, how come these these extra emails keep popping up like 15, 30,000 at a time? I don't understand. Uh, and like wipe your server like with a cloth? Well, apparently you have some uh, people that work for you that that knew about some other, other tools besides cloths to wipe your server clean. Uh, but not... All the way clean. Or how about Benghazi? Where were you? You know what was your what was the reason that you guys didn't send any help? Cause uh, people said they were in planes on their way and were called back. Or uh, how about your health? What really happened in Chelsea Clinton's uh, apartment that that afternoon? Hmm, I don't know. So anyway, Monday night is going to be exciting. Uh, if you're uh, if you're going out to the Galaxy Theater on Monday night, uh, I will be there. I will be there uh, in the in the crowd there on Monday night at the Galaxy Theater watching uh watching the debate in Riverside with uh with a whole bunch of you I don't know 150 of you however many tickets they sold or gave away or whatever they did I'll be there so uh and I'll be live tweeting as well so Monday night is going to be an exciting time so let's talk about the terror attacks this week uh, you know after a shootout with police on Monday. 
Authorities apprehended Ahmad Khan Rahami, a 28-year-old, in connection with last week's bombings. Last weekend's bombings, I think it was Saturday night. Um, there was a bombing in New Jersey and a bombing in uh, New York City. And I think something else happened in Minnesota at the same time. I don't remember what the details were that about that. But um, it was a stabbing. And I don't remember who, if that was uh, terrorist-related. I didn't know when, when it was. Oh yeah, okay. So that's what I thought. Hard to hard to believe there's so much terrorism going on when uh, when this is who we are. We take in Syrian refugees. You know these people need someone to care about them. Yeah, that's exciting. Hey, just let them all in before you're out, Obama. Just create us a, a an environment where we can get killed at any given time. So uh, Monday they, after a shootout, they got this guy. And uh, apparently, Rahami was captured in Linden, New Jersey, when a bar owner found him sleeping in the alley behind his establishment. Rahami is a naturalized U.S. U.S. born, uh, a natural U.S. citizen, born in Afghanistan, and he was shot and taken away in an ambulance. I was so surprised when I heard about the news of what was going on, and then they showed the the clips. And here's this guy who looks like a Middle Eastern guy. Got a uh, short, dark hair and a big, bushy beard and no mustache and a watch on his right hand. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you guys were aware, but that's kind of the ISIS thing. You know, you have a beard, but no mustache and you wear your watch on your right hand. That's uh, I don't know that everyone who does that is ISIS, but all the ISIS guys do that. So, of course, Saturday was filled with plenty of terrorism denials from the New York City mayor, uh, Bill de Blasio, as well as New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. There is no evidence at this point of a terror connection. I believe the mayor was saying there was no connection with international terrorism, and that is correct. No, 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 uh, no international terrorism because these guys were made citizens. But, uh, but you know, it's not international terrorism. And of course, we all know that when a bomb goes off in a big city, it's a terrorist attack. Especially when it's in a bomb made out of a pipe or a uh, or a pressure cooker. I don't know. Just kind of kind of caught my attention. Even though George Stephanopoulos questioned De Blasio about it on Sunday, and then both De Blasio. This is Sunday, so a few hours later, then both De Blasio and Cuomo were both willing to admit the truth. Yesterday, you were reluctant to call this an act of terrorism. Are you prepared now to say it was? We'll say more in the next few hours, but it's definitely leaning in that direction, the more we know. Yesterday, we had no evidence suggesting an international terrorist attack uh, stimulated by a foreign presence or a foreign body. Today, I believe we're going to find out that it was influenced by foreign forces. Can you figure out why they're so reluctant to say it's terrorism? I don't know. Are we protecting Muslims? I don't know. Seems like it. Throughout the day Monday, Rahami's father, uh, Mohammed Rahami, I don't know, his name's Mohammed. Does it sound is, uh, Islamic? I don't know, a little, little bit. He spoke to the media about the fact that he called the FBI about his son twice, um, and uh, they didn't do anything about it. Let's hear some of his comments. I called the FBI two years ago, and what did you tell them? I told them you got a connection with this guy. So, in case you didn't hear it, he said he called the FBI two years ago and reported his son that there's a connection between him and the terrorists. And, uh, of course, they didn't do anything. And why didn't the FBI investigate further? Well, according to intelligence officers speaking on Fox News, it was because Rahami was an American citizen. The bar was higher because 
the subject was a U.S. person. Sometimes the rules are saying, if you don't have these boxes checked, you cannot go forward. Therefore, you must close the case. Maybe we should change the rules. So even though he had traveled to Afghanistan and Pakistan in 2005 and 2011 and 2013, we couldn't do anything about it because he's an American citizen. That doesn't make much sense to me. Well, here's what this American citizen wrote in the notebook that they found riddled with bullet holes next to him in the alley. Let's hear Rick Fox. Uh, let's hear Fox's Rick Leventhal read from it. It was a, an extremist rambling of sorts with praise for terror leaders Anwar al-Awlaki and Osama bin Laden. It mentioned the Fort Hood shooter and ended with the words, uh, Inshallah, God willing, the sounds of the bombs will be heard in the streets. Gunshots to your police, death to your oppression. Well, Rahami also mentioned some personal jihadi heroes in his notebook, all of whom were American citizens like him before committing terrorist acts. And I'm out of time for part one, so I'm going to go into that part of the story just as soon as I get back. Five minutes from now of commercials, weather, and traffic. Don't go away. I'll be right back with part two of the main event. And we're back with part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk much about uh, real estate or financing on this show very often. Um, and the reason is because uh, if you're in the market for it, you should just call someone that you trust that thinks like you, that you trust will give you some some uh, guidance that's in your best interest. So if it sounds like you and I think right and you need some real estate financing, buying, refinancing, or that reverse mortgage thing, call me at... 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020, or go to my website, wccloans.com, and uh, travel around there and find a find a find uh, find what you're looking for, and then uh, we'll we'll chat. We'll get your thing done going. So we've been talking about um, the Rahami, the guy that, uh, that set off the bombs in New York and New Jersey last weekend, and about how his... Uh, how his dad had reported him to the FBI and they hadn't done anything with it. And then they found the notebook and, uh, and he, he, uh, he mentioned some personal jihadi heroes like the Sarnayev brothers, also known as the Boston bombers. Those guys, uh, were here from, uh, Kazakhstan or somewhere out there in Russia. And even, uh, I think Vladimir Putin personally called Obama and said, Hey, Watch out for these guys. These guys are bad news, and they just came here, and they're going back to the United States, and we still couldn't catch them. So they uh, they set off those uh, pressure cooker bombs at the finish line of the Boston uh, Marathon, I don't know, two, three years ago. Um, but we couldn't catch them because we didn't know about them. Well, of course we did, but we just can't can't do anything about it. Then there's Major Nidal Hassam, also known as the uh, Fort Hood shooter. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, Obama said that was workplace violence. Um, and then he also mentioned, uh, Rahami also mentions Al-Qaeda guru Anwar al-Awlaki, uh, an inspirational figure for many terrorists who was killed by the U.S. drone strike in Yemen in 2011. According to the FBI, the notebook also indicates he was influenced by Al-Qaeda, Boko Haram, and of course ISIS. Plus, we still don't know if Rahami acted alone or if other family members were involved. Rahami's wife is being questioned by the FBI in New York right now and is reportedly cooperating, but there are still some questions surrounding their marriage. 
Here's Trace Gallagher explaining. Their marriage is an important piece of the puzzle because the two met in Pakistan during one of Rahami's several trips to the region, including trips along the Afghan-Pakistan border, known as a home of extremism and a Taliban stronghold. Not only was Ahmad Rahami's wife out of the country during the bombing, so was his mother. The feds say Najiba Rahami left the U.S. for Turkey on August 24th. It's unclear exactly why. Rahami's other family members are also being looked at, including a brother who once posted a jihadi message on Facebook. Can you think that with all the computerized stuff that's going on today, do you think we could just have a database of people who fly to the Middle East, especially multiple times, especially if they go for two or three months at a time, you know, that go to Afghanistan or Pakistan or Syria or, uh, you know, Turkey, Turkey, I don't, it's pretty much, uh, kind of right in that same region. And although we don't think of Turkey as a terrorist place, they don't let us fly over there when we're fighting. Uh, I don't think they're, I don't think they're really our friends. And quite frankly, based on, uh, I don't know, I've seen a couple of movies, the Midnight Express, which was a true story. And I've seen uh, Argo, Argo, it's a true story. I don't think, I don't think based on those movies and of course movies might not be reality, but I think they were in this case. Um, it just doesn't look like a place I want to go to. And I don't feel like I'd be safe traveling around in those regions of the world. And, uh, you know, if we just have a database of travel, you know, it's funny. I log on, uh, Travelocity and I go and I don't fly Travelocity. I don't use search, search that site very often, but you know, for the times I have, you know, looking for cheap flights for short flights. Usually if I'm flying a long time, then uh, Don and I go Delta and we fly first class with our airline miles um, because it's free. Kind of. It feels like it's free. But, you know, if you but Travelocity, we log on there for some flights that aren't when we can't fly Delta. And they always remember the last time I was there 14 years ago and what I searched for. And Delta always says, hey, here's your last. So with that, don't you think the maybe the FBI or the State Department or Homeland Security could keep track of just people that fly to those regions and just keep an eye on them? Of course, I guess if they're U.S. citizens, there's nothing you could do. I don't know. Does anybody, uh, anybody remember uh, this guy, Saeed Farouk? I don't know. He worked for the county of San Bernardino. He married some uh, some girl from uh, I don't know one of those one of those countries over there, and uh, she she made him start being a, a radical Islam rad, radical radical Islamist. And uh, him and his wife Tafshin Falik shot up uh, the San Bernardino County uh, conference room at a Christmas party. Was it last year? Or the year before? It was, uh, and a whole bunch of people died, and uh, and then they died when I don't know. Does anybody feel like it would be good if if the FBI and the federal government did their job? And doing their job has nothing to do with anything but protecting us. Protect us, enforce the laws, everything else we can do ourselves. So that's my rant. So let's let's continue with the next big the next big thing the Charlotte the Charlotte riots this week police incident that resulted in a shooting in the shooting death of Keith Scott Keith Lamont Scott an African American resident of Charlotte North Carolina has triggered protests that are liter- literally burning down the beautiful city here are the details of the incident uh, Keith Lamont Scott had been sitting in his car at an apartment complex not necessarily his apartment complex but at an apartment complex in the near the University of North Carolina at Charlotte officers arrived before 4 p.m. on Tuesday according to uh, Charlotte police uh, Chief Kerr 
Putney, the officers were searching for someone else with an outstanding warrant that probably lives at that apartment complex. The officers saw Scott holding a handgun as he exited his car and returned, returned to his vehicle, then exited again as officers approached him and approached him and posed an imminent deadly threat, according to police. Chief Putney said officers instructed Scott to drop the weapon after he got out of his car, but he failed to comply. The fatal shot was, was fired by Officer Brentley Vincent, who, like Scott and Chief Putney, is also an African-American. Scott's family, who was not present at the incident, began telling local media outlets that Scott was unarmed. How did they know? Hey, you know what? Let me just inject into this story. Uh, my wife told me what was going on on the way, and as, as I was coming home, I go, I've got a gun in my car, and guess what? If I get pulled over, number one, I'm not going to show the cop. And if he asks me to show me my driver's license, and my driver's license is right next to my gun, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say, officer, I have a concealed carry permit, and I have a firearm in the car. What would you like me to do? And I'm going to keep my hands on the steering wheel where he can see him. And then I'm going to follow directions because that's not why I care. That's not why I carry a gun. So that's just some just some interesting tips for those of you that have guns. If you don't want to get shot by police, don't threaten police because guess what? They have a right to go home alive to their families every day. So they claimed on so so the so the family doesn't know. They claim he was. He was unarmed. They claimed on social media that he'd been reading a book. They have since withdrawn the unarmed claim, and Chief Putney said that while the weapon was recovered, no book was found. I don't know. He's in his car reading a book, and he had a book in his hand, but after they shot him, there's no book, and there's a gun there. I don't know. It just seems peculiar to me. Let's listen to Chief Putney. I have to deal in the truth. I have to deal in facts. So um, the version that you hear from me is based on evidence, is based on testimony that we get from witnesses and the officers there, and is corroborated with the evidence that we gather there on the scenes. I'm not fabricating anything. I have nothing to gain uh, for doing something like that. We're just going to stand by the facts that we know. Yeah, we're, he's not going to take into account, oh, the black guy got killed by a cop. So it must be something wrong. And remember what happened with the uh, with the uh, Rahami guy that, that set off the bomb. Let's not jump to conclusions. But when it's a black person killed by a cop, uh, Hillary Clinton, you know, before before the incident was sufficiently ascertained, before the before she had any information, she decided to sound off publicly and label this police racism. Maybe she should have waited to find out that the officer that, that shot Scott was also black. We've got to tackle systemic racism, this horrible shooting again. How many times do we have to see this in our country? And uh, for those of for those of you that saw the saw this speech or uh, or heard it, she also goes, I need to get I need to go into these communities and talk to the white people and tell them what they need to know. It's kind of nauseating. Laura Ingram asked uh, New Jersey governor and Trump advisor Chris Christie about these comments. Here's what he said. She's a disgrace. She's a disgrace, and those comments are a disgrace. It's typical of Hillary Clinton. She knows nothing, but the mouth never stops. And the, the fact is that she has no idea what happened in North Carolina. The same way, as you very aptly pointed out, Laura, that people jump to conclusions in Ferguson which caused riot conditions in Ferguson because of politicians dumping gasoline on a fire. 
Yeah, it's uh, typical. Every time Hillary gets an opportunity, and sometimes she sometimes she says she takes the position of uh, of one side, and then she takes the position of the other. It depends on which way the wind blows. And I think people are starting to wise up to it. They're starting to wise up that this lady's not all there. She's definitely not all there. And uh, and and Chris Christie's absolutely right. For the next two nights, next two nights, I think the next well, the next two nights were violent, and then the third night. Third night was not violent, um, but for the first two nights after the after the incident, the the protests where vi- violence broke out. As a result, at least one protester was fatally shot. They uh, they said he was not fatally. They thought he was almost fatally shot, and uh, he since died. He died on uh, Thursday, I think. Here's Megan Kelly describing the scene. The cameras heard what was a loud bang. They rounded a corner and caught on video. This is it here. We have blurred the bodies. Uh, caught on video what appears to be a lifeless body laying on the ground. People running in, police moving in, a second body nearby. Tear gas was fired and our crews had to retreat. Think about this. Some some guy has a gun sitting in his car in a parking lot of an apartment building, not who knows what he's what he's planning on doing. Maybe he's working for a drug deal. Maybe he's looking to to do something. But you know, he's sitting in his car. He gets out of his car with a gun in his hand, allegedly goes back and gets back in again. And the cops say tell him to drop his weapon. He doesn't. Gets fatally shot. And as a re- to me, that sounds like hey, if you're stupid enough to do that and you get shot, hey. It, what were you thinking? And instead, they're burning down Charlotte, North Carolina. So now that the city of Charlotte is in chaos, protesters are are shooting each other. Police have confirmed the officer who was shot, uh, who shot uh, uh, Keith Scott, was also black. Clinton is now now she's changing her tune. We are safer when communities respect the police and police respect communities. I know I don't have all the answers. I don't know anyone who does. Hillary Clinton is a moron. That's the answer. She's a moron and if you and if you vote for her you're, you're an idiot. Okay? I'm sorry. I don't want to I don't want to uh, I don't want to take a shot at your legal right to have your your secret vote and vote who you think should be president. But if you vote for Hillary Clinton you're an idiot because you just don't love this country because she's going to destroy it. Or maybe you're just not engaged enough to know what the hell you're doing. So uh, so maybe you should stay home. If you're a Democrat or if you know Democrats, remember election day is November 9th. Go to the polls on November 9th. For everybody else, it's November 8th. Um, for everybody with a brain. So uh, now that Charlotte is in, uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Thursday, Thursday, then Thursday after after Hillary Clinton says a Thursday uh, after two two days of, uh, of violence, there, uh, Loretta Lynch, Attorney General Loretta Lynch, she's a pillar of strength in the community. She appealed to the protesters who are destroying their own city. Now, for the second day in a row, protests in response to Mr. Scott's death took place in Charlotte last night. And for the second day in a row, those protests were marred by violence, this time leaving one person on life support and several individuals injured. And I know that the events of recent days are painfully unclear and they call out for answers. But I also know that the answer will not be found in the violence of recent days. I urge those responsible for bringing violence to these demonstrations to stop. Because you're drowning out the voices of commitment and change. And you're ushering in more tragedy and grief in our communities. She should have said, not said, you're drowning out the voices of commitment and change. You're... 
You're you're burning down your own city. Are you are you are you uh, are you stupid or something? I don't know. You know, hey, you don't even know what happened. You're just looking for an excuse to loot. And uh, reminds me of reminds me of uh, a little scene front you might remember from the movie Goodfellas. Some of the wives, like Mickey Conway, used to curse at them and spit on the floor. <laughs> she used to spit on her own floor. That never made any sense to me. Yeah, burning down your own city—that never makes any sense to me either. I don't, you know what? You know what really, really uh, uh, makes me crazy is you see somebody win the NBA Finals or the Super Bowl. Hey, your team won. And they started a riot. I don't remember which team it was. It was about a year ago. Hey, you know, your team won and you just got all crazy about something as as meaningless as basketball or football or something that, hey, you know what? There's a bunch of guys on the field that made a whole bunch of money, but you didn't get over it. You know, cheer if you like that stuff, but you're burning down your city because you won. Something's wrong in this country, folks. And you know what? Let me let me tell you. I tweeted I tweeted out a tweet on uh, Thursday night, and I said, you know, kids are the reflection of how they were raised. I said, why do black people get a pass on being on parenting? Um, you know, and they blame it on the cops. I don't understand. You know, if if your kids are out there looting and acting acting idiotic, acting uh, in you know anarchy, there's no there's no government. We could just steal what we want. Let's give them. Let's give them some space to destroy. You know what? Think about this. This is the something's got to change in this country. If your kids act like idiots, it's because you raised them to act like idiots. I don't know about you guys, but I was raised by. I wasn't worried about the cops. I was worried about my mom. My dad. My dad was an evil idiot that would set me a perfect example of what I didn't want to be in my life. And my mom worked hard to feed us four kids and to, uh, and I got to watch my, I got to watch my, uh, my dad beat up on my mom regularly. So, you know, it's, I, I have my story. I have my story of a childhood, uh, childhood, uh, uh, I don't know, dysfunctionality and I succeeded anyway. Okay. So, but you know, my mom, my mom was hard on us kids. Hey, what do you mean you brought home a B? Why didn't you get an A? You know what? Uh, she expected she expected excellence from us, and that's what we brought home. You know, we brought home we brought home good grades, or else I wasn't. You know, I wasn't worried about I wasn't worried about getting arrested because I never did anything that bad. But I was more more concerned if I did something that bad that I could get arrested for, which I probably did, but didn't get caught. Um, you know, because I was. I was a, a normal kid. Um, I was more worried about what my mom was going to do, not what the police were going to do. You know what? That's how it should be. Teach your kids to to uh, to uh, respect authority, respect their elders, and have some respect for themselves. Not acting like idiots. And these insects, idiots, burning down uh, burning down uh, Charlotte is just disgusting to see our that that's that's America. And what? How do you think that makes us look on the world stage? Because uh, Again, the people in other countries have uh, have uh, CNN and Fox News. They've got the internet. They've got iPhones. They're watching this place and looking. Look at these idiotic Americans. So anyway, that's my rant. That's what I think about it. And uh, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, and I'm feel that you are all entitled to mine. So I gave it to you. So anyway, uh, earlier in this week. Next, next round, next, next topic. Uh, earlier this week, Obama spoke to the Congressional Black Caucus for the last time. 
Isn't this fun? All this racism. And uh, and check out his his angry tone. And check out he's talking a little more, talking a little more uh, southern southern black people like that. Uh, you know, Obama Obama talks like he talks, except for when he's in. It reminds me of Hillary Clinton. You talk with a little accent based on who you're talking to. So let's hear what he said. And after we have achieved historic turnout in 2008 and 2012, especially in the African-American community, I will consider it a personal insult, an insult to my legacy. If this community lets down its guard and fails to activate itself in this election, you want to give me a good send off? Go vote. And I'm going to be working as hard as I can these next seven weeks to make sure folks do. Yep. You want to give me a good send off? You go vote. Vote for Hillary. Has nothing to do with whether she's a crook, whether she's a felon, whether she's a liar, whether she's physically fit to even handle the office. You know what? Uh, think about the movie Dave. She's gonna be there, and someone's gonna be uh, holding the uh, holding the uh, the handles on the marionette of whoever else is stepping in to run that place. Uh, and uh, think about the movie uh, Manchurian Candidate. And uh, if you haven't seen it, that's a good one. I think that's what we have on MSNBC's PMSNBC's uh, Morning Joe. Uh, Princeton African American Studies professor Eddie Glaude said he explained said he explained why the speech rubbed him the wrong way. Instead of uh, a series of rational arguments from right. the president to black political to black voters, right. we get you know don't insult me. Wow. Um, and okay. and I just I just find that condescending, and I know I'm going to get in trouble for it. Yeah, because you can't say if you're black, you can't say anything bad about African Americans, uh, or or I mean, oh, President, I mean uh, uh, Barack Hussein Obama. I don't call him President Obama because that's a that's a uh, that's a term of respect, and I have no respect because he hasn't earned any respect. So I don't have any respect for him. But if you say anything, but if you're black and you say anything bad about the about the president, uh, the guy who inhabits the White House, um, then then you're a race. Then you're Uncle Tom, and if you're white and you say anything bad, then you're a racist. So uh, is what it is. So uh, so let's uh, let's end let's end this show on a little lighter note. Uh, if you haven't seen this on the internet, because I got it like 14 times this week, people sending this to me. Hillary Clinton appeared on the web series Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis. You know the guy with the heavy beard from the uh, from the Hangover. And uh, the Hangover Two, and uh, Hangover Three, and um, what was a due date, and a whole bunch of he's he's a funny guy, and it's this kind of silly. And even though we know, uh, even though we know that uh, Hillary Clinton was probably in on all the jokes, this was funny stuff. Not to take away from the historic significance of you perhaps becoming the first female president, but for a younger younger generation, you will also become their first white president. And that's pretty neat, too. As secretary, how many words per minute could you type? And how does President Obama like his coffee? Like himself? Weak? You know, Zach, those are really out-of-date questions. I, 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 you need to get out more. What happens if you become pregnant? Are we going to be stuck with Tim Kaine for nine months? How does this work? I, I could send you some pamphlets that might help you understand. First, you supported Obama's Trans-Pacific Partnership deal, and then you were against it. I think that people deserve to know. Are you down with TPP? Uh, I'm not down with TPP. No, you're supposed to say, yeah, you know me.
like the hip hop group. Don't tell me what to say. Fine, lose. <laughs> I love it. Does Obama take his coffee like himself? Weak. <laughs> that cracks me up. I still hear that. Let's play another little piece of it. Have you thought about what you're going to be wearing at the debates? You know, there's this thing called the double standard. And so I think about, well, what should the first woman nominee of one of our two major parties wear to the debate? And I have no idea. So if you've got suggestions, I'm open to them. Do you wonder what your opponent might be wearing? I mean, what do you... I, I assume you'll wear, you know, that red power tie. Or maybe like a white power tie. That's even more appropriate. Oh, I get it. I get it. White power tie. I had to I had to go. What is it? What what what's the significance? That would be more appropriate a white power tie. Oh, white power. I get it. I get it. We're going we're going the we're playing the race card again. You know what? Zach Galifianakis is is who he is and and if you watch if you watch the video he goes, "Hold on, we have to we have to pause for a for a uh, a message from our sponsor and then it plays the Trump commercial." <laughs> I loved it. I thought that was funny. She goes, she goes, do you think that was inappropriate to play a campaign commercial from my opponent? You know what? That's funnier than she was ever on Saturday Night Live. Um, but I'll attribute that to uh, to Zach Galifianakis, not to Hillary Clinton. So anyway, uh, the, uh, the, the, the debate's coming up Monday night out at the Galaxy Theater in Riverside. If you don't have, uh, I don't know if they have any tickets left. Are they sold out? They're sold out. Okay, so sorry if you're uh, if you're not if you're not already going if you're going I'll see you there and if you're not already going watch it watch your Twitter I'll be uh, live tweeting during the during the uh, during the debate and uh, we'll look to see you out there at the Galaxy Theater or uh, you know hear my opinion get on Twitter and I'll be talking about that specifically uh, more ne- more next week it, it's uh, it, you know I hope Trump can keep his cool because you know the Hillary Clinton machine is going to be firing at him left and right. Uh, almost out of time here. If you have any uh, need for any uh, uh, real estate financing and if I've made any common sense today to you or if you need to uh, find out about reverse mortgages if you're uh, over 62 or you want to buy or you want to refinance, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event and I'll be back again with you next week. <laughs>